Hi, welcome to season two of the Purpose Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Kari Hurd. I'm dubbing this season, Single Mom Truths, and we're gonna be breaking the status quo and heading in a whole new direction. Join me and my extraordinary guests, some new and some returning, for open and uncensored conversations about all the things. We'll share stories and experiences that'll change your old mindset, stir your spirit, and light a fire inside. It's my mission to inspire all moms to stop surrendering to their old stories about what life should look like and start creating a life that lights them the fuck up. So if you're ready to live your life by your rules, let's go. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode. I have a returning guest on today, Miss Emily Turner, because she's just always fucking magic to have on. Um, And for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know we've been making some shifts in the podcast, and I just thought it would be fun to have, well, the topic may not be fun, but just fun to have Emily back because she always brings such an incredible energy. Um, but before we get chatting, because Emily and I were actually just chatting before we hit record and then we were creating <laughs> magic, so we just said we're going to start. But before we do, because I know that the topic we're going to touch on or talk about today isn't necessarily what you coach on, yeah. but like I have made it super clear to my listeners that like from here on out, when I pull somebody on as a quote unquote expert, it's not because they have some kind of paper certificate about it. It's because they've lived it and they've experienced it. And to me, that means more than any fucking piece of paper ever. So that's why you're here today. But what do you coach on so that those that are listening, if they're feeling really resonated and connecting with you, they can find you and kind of know what you're all about. Cause you just made some huge shifts. I think at least that we were talking about in like your, and I don't even know if that's even in your one-on-one coaching, but just what I'm watching in your content and just your energy, what are you doing now? So I'm so excited to be here first off, like, oh my gosh, I always love returning um, and chatting with you on your podcast. Um, It's like, um, so I recently made some really huge shifts in my business based on um, some massive connection for myself, some massive healing that I've gone through. Um, so I am a feminine embodiment coach is what I call myself. Um, and to most people that might be like, what the fuck is that? So I like to break it down and say that I basically, I help women discover their magic. I help women deep dive back inside themselves, return home and really dig in to find that magic that they have, that they know they have, that maybe they're ashamed because they feel like they're not allowed to have it. And I help them reconnect to divine feminine. I help them reconnect to the archetypes that I have come to meet within my own divine feminine. And I really allow them that space to just unravel and grow because ultimately I'm a big believer in it's not about becoming better. It's about becoming more. Mm-hmm. So we, we spend most of our life like trying to be better, trying to be the best us, the best of this and the best of this. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the truth is we need to be more of us. We need to be more of ourselves and more of the woman we were actually designed to be and not the woman society told us we had to be. So in a nutshell, I basically bring women home to themselves and help them explode from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Oh, I love that so, so, so much. And it just reaffirms why you're on here today, because that's been a big shift for me. And again, the listeners, you know, in the podcast and just even in my posting, it's helping. It's funny to use the word unravel because I literally just launched my next program, which is called Unraveled to Aligned. 
Yes. I yeah. So um, just helping single mamas to do that. And I brought you on today because I think that one of my biggest stories, I was just telling you this, that um, I, I'm 15 years in to being divorced and I have used the word divorce more in the last two weeks than I did that entire 15 years. It's yeah. taken me that long to let go of that story. And it's not like I hid the fact that I was divorced. Like anybody and everybody in my circle knows that I'm a single mom. It's not like it's a big deal, but that word divorce to me was such an ugly, ugly word. Yeah. Um, I, totally you know, and like, agree. that's what we were just talking about. Like you said, it's like a four letter word and society, like it's socially acceptable to be divorced, but nobody fucking talks about it. No, no one, no one talks about it. Like I, I experienced divorce as a kid, as a, as a 13 year old, 14 year old teenager when my parents went through it. And that was 16, 17. I'm like, how old am I? 17 (laughs) years, 17 years ago, I think now. And the feelings I had then, like, you know, like none of my family on my mum's side was divorced. They all had long-term marriages. My dad's side was a dysfunctional family that had it, but we didn't mention it. We didn't talk about it. There was no discussion around it. Um, and at 13, there was no social media. There was no like anything. And so divorce right. was a very rude awakening to my life to find that my mum was a single parent. And that was a weird thing because none of my friends had that. Mm-hmm. Um, I came, like I went to private Christian Catholic schools. So that was a really odd um, experience, yeah. you know, be like, oh, but your mom's a single mom and your dad, like, you know, he ran off with blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, my parents are divorced. And so it was like, oh my God, like, and I experienced a very turbulent, ultimately six years of my life in this, this vortex of divorce and single parenting as a, as a teenager and it's a very rude awakening when you come, suddenly come from having this incredible childhood to bam, now your your parents are getting divorced, you're hitting puberty and you need to help your mother. Like, you know, like my, a lot of my trauma came around from my dad saying to me, look after your mum as he left, as he walked out the door, no explanation, just look after your mother and he left. And I was like, uh, what, what's going on? So to me, it left this traumatic and negative experience. So when I went into my first marriage, I was like, divorce is not an option. I don't believe in divorce. Divorce is ugly. Divorce is a disgusting thing that happens to you. It means you failed everything if you get divorced. And at 20, it's a very narrow-minded view to have about the world, but I was just so like, no, tunnel vision, this is what's going to happen. So at 24 when my marriage like fell to pieces and it was a very rude awakening to be like, I have to acknowledge this. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to go through divorce as an adult now at 24. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very grateful. I didn't have children. Um, I have to say like we oddly enough, like there were a lot of red flags when I look back now and think there are a lot of reasons I didn't do a lot of things Mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for it. Mm -hmm. But, um, it just, it, it fucked up my vision of the world. Like my view of the world was this. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, cool. Now I'm divorced. Yeah. Right. What do I do with that? And my husband now, like he didn't get two shits. He was like, so like, yeah. it's just the thing. And I'm like, it's just the thing to you. You haven't experienced it. Right. You're right. not sitting here heartbroken, 
with a piece of paper that I paid $800 for <laughs> to say I'm no longer married. Yeah. And he's like, but it's just a piece of paper. I'm like, I don't care. This means I failed everything. He's mm-hmm. like, I, it's a bit dramatic, don't you think? No, like, and that's so funny. You like, everything? And I'm yeah. like, everything. And it, it does. It feels so dramatic it and does. so failure like failure is not supposed to be this thing you're supposed to do like it's you know? so funny you're like speaking I jotted some notes to myself to make sure we touched on things and you're I'm like oh yeah okay yeah she got all but like but you're speaking my because that's exactly what happens like it doesn't matter who asks for the divorce it doesn't matter why you're getting divorced you know mm-hmm. it, it fucking rips you up and yeah. hurts like hell and just like you're touching on like people don't get it and then like like here's I was kind of in the same boat like my I say all of my parents because I've got steps and halves and all the things (laughs) they've all been divorced but none of my extended family has been divorced none of my friends at the time had been divorced and they're all in and I know you don't know what goes on on the inside of a relationship but all of my close friends that had gotten married around the same time we did were in these you know beautiful happy white picket fence they were you know we'd all been starting to have children so we were all having the 2.4 kids and the dogs and that whole thing and as much as they wanted to help and as much as your family wants to help they don't get it no they don't and And they look at you like I want to help but I don't know what to do and like my best friend I just remember one time really vividly she had this look on her face and she didn't say this but her face said it all was like I want to bring over the pint of ice cream and like have some burning ritual with you so we can move on from this. But she knew that that's not what I needed. Like it's not high school. You can't just do that. It doesn't just go away. It doesn't. And I was like, break up with someone and it's gone. I was like you coming from that divorce background. And maybe that is a different layer that we can talk about, but like coming from that divorce background, I was helping on, I was not going to repeat what my mom did. And sure as shit, yeah. I we married my <laughs> I married my biological father. Like so that's I. exactly what happened. <laughs> like, oh, I married my dad right oh, down to the yeah. job. Like, yeah. And I, I refused like, to believe oh. that I did. Like I did too. I remember, I remember looking at him one day, going, "He's not my dad. He just has the same type of job." No, he doesn't. He's not. He's not my dad. My mom's like, okay, he's not your father. Right. If that's what you want me to tell you, I'll tell you that. Like, I'm sick of arguing with you. If you think oh. he's not your father, he's not your father. But I can tell you right now, he's your father. I got. No, he's not. He's not my father. Like, he's oh. not my father. Like, my father is, and I could list all these things. I'm like, yeah. he's not. And as the yeah. longer we were married, the more these things came out, and it was like, no, I'm ignoring it. I'm ignoring it, and it actually drove a wedge further between my relationship with my mother yeah because I couldn't tell her because I knew she was going to look at me and be like told you so say to you like (laughs) I can say I told you so but you ain't gonna like it right and so rather than talking to her about what I was experiencing Mm -hmm. I was lying I was literally lying to her face and I never lied to her in my life but for four years I lied dead straight face like no mom everything's great Really? Yeah. That's why you're moving back home. Oh yeah. I just need some space. That's why you're sleeping on a mattress in a garage. That's full of your shit and your husband's not here and you're, you're losing weight every week and not eating. Yeah. No mom. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I can see you're fine. And it was like, don't judge me for this mom. Like I'm not judging you, Emily. Right. You don't, you don't need, you don't need to know. 
okay then, Emily. I don't need to know, but I just don't think that he's very good for you right now. No, mum, you're wrong. And I can remember just being like, you don't understand me. And she's like, and yet you're so pissed because you know she does, right? <laughs> and I was so triggered because I was like, oh, like you, you yes. know exactly what I'm talking about because yes. she did the same thing. She would yes. side with my dad over her own family when he would do yeah. something. And, and I, I look back now and I'm like, oh, you silly girl. Like, why did you not listen? But my mum was like, you've never been any different. I can't tell you anything. Yeah. You have yeah. to experience it. And I'm like, cool. So... What happens now? Yeah. What do we do now? Like, well, right? Now I'm now I'm 24 and I don't have a marriage. Like marriage was the goal. Like even for me, yeah. it was the thing. Like, right? oh look, I've I've made it. I'm married at 20. That means at 30 I'll be married for 10 years. And that's gonna be like the best achievement ever. <laughs> I didn't care if I was gonna be happy or not. Like right. I was only talking to my husband in the last like week actually funnily enough about this because I turned 30 last year and I said yeah. you know I said this year like it was 2019 and I said this year I would have been married for 10 years and he looked at me he goes why do you care I was like no it's really funny I said because you know what when I made that statement I didn't care if I was going to be happy I cared that I'd be married for 10 years yeah there was no mention of I'll be happy and I'll have all these things and we'll yep. achieve this great life it was I'll be married for 10 years and he looked at me and he was like but you didn't care if you'd be happy. And I said, it mm -mm. never occurred to me that I could be nope. happy. Nope. I was like, happy wasn't the thing that was on my list. Nope. Married for Married. 10 years was on my list. Yeah. That's an achievement. Right. And then I, it was like this light bulb went off and I was like, how many people have achieved 10 years of relationship, but unhappy? And they're like, but I've been with them for 10 years. Cool. But are you happy? Right. Because why does how long you've been with someone actually matter? It's so funny. I was at, um, well, okay, it's not funny that I was at a funeral, but I was at a funeral today and they were talking about, because it was an elderly woman who was like 90. And so then they were talking about, you know, her love of her life that she was married to for like 60 plus years. And I had a moment of that same trigger where I was like, I will never probably get to say that I was married to someone for 60 plus years. Yeah. And I had that moment of like, I got super sad for a second about that. And then I was like, but I'm happy now. Like you're saying, like, it's like you, you yeah. have to get to that point where you heal beyond. It's not just about the marriage because the marriage it's means not nothing. Thing. Like no. it's not the thing. Like every elderly person that dies, they literally go, she or he was married to the love of their life for X yeah. amount of years. Not yeah. they were happy for X amount of right. years. Right. <laughs> they were married. And I was like, right. But were they happy? Right. Could you tell me if they were happy, please? Because I want to know if they right. actually achieved the ultimate relationship happiness. of happiness and love and experience, or did they just get married and they were just married and they hated each other? Right. Do, do you know the answer to that? And everyone's like, that's a bit weird. Like, no, no, they were married for 60 years. Cool. Don't care. Don't tell me they were married for 60 years. If you can't yeah. tell me that they were at least happy, yeah. For a good portion of, of it. it. Right. Yeah. Like right. it's one thing to be going through hard times in your relationship, but if you can't yeah. come back to, and I truly believe, and I know it's really funny because I think about this and I always come back to sex in the city in the movie when they, when Samantha is literally like, I haven't been happy for six months. And she says, yeah, but that's just a dry spell. Right. And Charlotte says, well, no, I'm happy every day, not all day, but every day. Yeah. I'm still, I love 
my husband every mm. day, not all day, but every day. And, I, and right. I sort of think no matter the hard things you're going through, no matter the struggles you're going through in your relationship, yeah. are you happy still? Can you come back and go, you know what? It's really shit right now, but he still makes me happy. Right. But I still feel really good, but I still want to be here. Not it's been shit for two or three years now and it's not getting any better. And he doesn't, I don't feel happy with him. I can't make myself happy in this relationship because it's not his responsibility either to no. make you happy. You, you mentioned this earlier, the red lights and the red flags. And like, I vividly remember, and I put, I talked about this little in my, so in the previous episode, that's going to air before this one. Um, I talked about, like, I told my story of how I ended up getting divorced and a piece of it really started before the marriage even really started to go on the rocks. My intuition started to kick in. And I I remember, I I mean, I can just picture it vividly rocking my oldest to sleep that night in her dark room and thinking about what life was going to be like as a single mom. And this was before anything bad had even really started to happen in the marriage. It's just like my intuition, my intuition was like starting to like, you know, that like you're you're talking about that inner feminine. She was coming up and she's like, here's the deal. This is going to happen. Like it's, you know, and yep, I have goosebumps. Like my legs. Yeah. And I I know that feeling. I would try to push it down. Like, God, don't think about that. that Right. Because you don't want to wish it to happen, but like I'm sitting and I could feel it. Like I would sit there and like, okay, would I sell all the furniture? Like I would plot in my head for no reason. Like I would plot this escape plan. So this, I mean, I wasn't in danger, so it wasn't like an actual escape plan, but like I but would felt plot, like it. kind of, I was like, how would I actually do this? And then I would be like, God, stop thinking that way. Stop. Yep. I, and you don't I listen that. to it, but like red light right there. Cause you're like, no, right. no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. That was an errant thought. And yet that thought is so real that you're like, yes. And that's the difference. Was it real? It's a difference between he's driving me fucking nuts and I need to get away from him right now Mm -hmm. to that inner feeling of like, it makes you sick there. It does. And like you're saying, I'm getting goosebumps now just remembering it because it's so real that feeling versus like you were saying, like, God, just get the fuck away from me right now. Yeah, I need 10 minutes and your face is annoying me too. <laughs> yes. I think it's time to, like, something's going to happen. Yeah. I know something's going to happen. Yeah. And you ignore I, uh, it. Yeah, <sighs> you do because you think, no, I've got to be wrong. Like, that's not right. Yeah, that's I had the happen. same thing happen and it was Christmas Day. I, had, mm. I was standing in my ex-husband's um, aunt's lounge room mm-hmm. and I was standing there. I can tell you exactly what I was wearing where I, what I was doing and all of a sudden this thought popped in my head and I was like I won't be here next Christmas and I was like uh yeah I will be and I was like nope and it was like I had these two conversations in my mm-hmm. head you're not gonna be here next Christmas and granted I was but by the mu- next March yeah. it was done and I was like it may not have been the schedule but I knew damn well that Christmases yeah. would not be here forever and I didn't want to acknowledge it I was like nah nah you're wrong like that's, that's not true. Like we're just going through a rough patch. I'm like, yeah, like the 10,000th one, like right. how many rough patches are, are, is right. enough for you? Like how yeah. many more do you want in the next 12 months for you to be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Well, and like you said, there's a difference between the, your face is annoying me rough patch and the true rough patches the, where you the, just the don't even want to be there. They right? no longer become a patch. They're literally life. Like, 
you know, mm-hmm. my husband and I now, like we have days where I'm like, can you just like, just get out of my <laughs> Like you're pissing me off. And he's just like, but yeah. I want to love you. And I'm like, go away. Then we have arguments and there are Lock hours later. where like, if you don't want your face to be different by the time I'm done, leave. And he's like, fine. Yeah. And you know, and we have weeks where we just don't see eye to eye and, but we still go to bed at night and we're still cuddling. We're still like, I love you mm-hmm. to the months on end that I would have of nothing. Yes. Yeah. It nothing. was nothingness. We might've gone yeah. to bed at night, but there was no connection. There was no conversation. There was no anything. It was just two people in a yeah. room trying not to hate each other, but wanting to love each other, but not communicating that. Yeah. And him wanting to be single and me trying to save something that wasn't worth it. And then comes that next part of that where you're like, well, I don't want to give up because if I give up, then clearly I failed. Yes. And that and is I, such a stigma. Like awful. ladies listening, if you are in a marriage, it, like we're talking about, and here's the thing, I want to make this abundantly clear. I am not one to go stand on the rooftop and be like, everybody needs to be divorced. Like this isn't yes, like I'm not an advocate for absolutely not. Like I'm not yes, an advocate if you, for running out of your marriage just because no, it's hard. It's fight, not like, always hell. be easy. No. Fight for it. But, but don't you also know get what, to that point where you're like, Well, I never tried hard enough. Yes, because you think that even after the oh. fact, when you know it's done, I remember thinking like that word failure keeps coming up because you're like, did I try hard enough? Did I try hard enough? I failed because I didn't try hard enough. And the truth is at some point you tried hard enough. It's just not going to fucking work. Don't go to the point where you have lost your identity. I did. I I lost who I was. I I walked out and was like, who am I? Like, I I can't tell you who I am. I know my name is this. I know that I do this but I couldn't tell you for the life of me who I was. I had no idea. I was the identity of my marriage. And people say, but people don't talk about that. And I'm like, no, because no one wants to admit they don't have an identity. No one wants to admit that they don't have an identity. And I thought that I couldn't have that conversation because I didn't have children. I hadn't, wasn't married long enough because in some people's minds, four years of marriage is not enough to be like, well, you didn't try hard enough. Right. Right. And so that discussion never happened. It was years later when I was like, well, no, I had no identity. I didn't even know who I was. I was floating. Well, then even when you come out of it, your new identity is the divorced one, right? Like you, you, you come out of it with no identity. Literally. I think the only thing I came out of my marriage with was the identity of being a mom, which I, I will, you know, I cherish that. But like, then all of a sudden I was a single mom. Yep. And I literally have carried, that's been my identity for almost 15 years. That's it. And so just to work through that and refine yourself, it's just, it's a yeah. process, but oh, you've got to find it. You've got to do it. You do. My mom is currently going through that. She's for 15 years, 16 years, 17 mm-hmm. years, she was a single mom mm-hmm. and now she's an empty nester. Yeah. And she's like, well, what, what the, who am I? Yeah. Like, what the, what the fuck? what do I do now? Like, I don't know who I am. Like what's my purpose in life. And it's a really dangerous path. If you don't Mm -hmm. catch it, it's a very dangerous path to fall down. If you don't actually make yourself aware of it. And when you come out of, out of a long-term marriage, a long-term relationship, a short marriage, anything, you have to come home. You have to come back to you regardless of how painful it is because people don't want to deal with it. We all want to bury it. 
We all right. want to bury every single thing that ever happened. We don't want to discuss it. We put it in Pandora's box. We lock Pandora's box up and we shove it deep down within the earth and go, I'm done. Yeah. I don't yep. have to talk about it ever. I don't have to deal about it ever. And it's fine. And then we say that we're healed, right? Like I saw yeah, a post. Oh, we're healed. I, we bypassed it. That's, I don't remember the exact post, but somebody that I follow posted like a, it wasn't a meme, but like one of those like quotes or whatever. And that was the gist of it. Like, are you actually healed or have you just buried it was the gist of yeah. what it said. And yeah. I was like, and Oh shit. Boom. Right. Because we I do. We're like, Oh, I'm healed. I'm good. And I did that. Yeah. Right. I like, do not react to this, but don't talk about it because I'll respond. <laughs> I'm fine. Just don't yeah, talk I'm about fine. it. Like my, like everyone knows if I'm like, I'm fine. They're like, Ooh, Ooh. no, she's not, but she's trying really hard. I'm like, no, it'll get like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, right? I'm fine. And they're like, you're not fine. I'm like, well, yeah. no, I'm not fine, but I'm fine. I don't want to talk right. about it because I'm trying really hard to bury what just happened. I'm right. trying really hard to bury what just came up in me rather yeah. than being like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm angry about this. I want to deal with it, but I don't know how to. Well, and so here's another layer. And I know you didn't have kiddos in your first marriage. So kudos for that because that adds another whole layer i think um, one very large intuitive shift like push was like no right that's good <laughs> um but a piece that i know a lot of the ladies listening are going to resonate with is that especially when you've got the kiddos there's this urgency even to bury it faster yeah my and mom. to Right. And I know that you can resonate from that perspective. Like I tried Mom, so hard and this funny. is where this whole analogy of like, I'm going to go hide in the bathroom and cry yep. because I don't want my kids to see me hurting. Yep. And so I got to hurry up, stuff it down as fast as I can so that I can move on to be a mom. And what I've realized recently is the importance of them seeing yeah. the healing process because yeah. They've now learned recently within the last like year and a half, kind of what really went on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did a really great job of telling them as much as they needed to know along the way without like it wasn't his shit wasn't my story to tell. Right. And it wasn't my place to get in the way of their relationship with him. And so I let a lot of things like, I didn't lie to them, but I, there was a lot of pieces of the story I didn't tell because they didn't need to know at the time. They've recently seen that. And we've gone through, I think, a lot of healing together. Yeah. But it's only been since I've been able to truly heal that piece that I've been able yeah. to help them heal through it, you know? Yeah. And Definitely. I'm sure you, because you were older, like mine were babies when this happened when we split but like I, as a teenager um, I know my sister had a really hard time because my parents were teenagers so yeah what were you going to say about your it mom was, it was confusing to be that old and I knew what was happening and I sure. my dad didn't want to believe that I was that old so he mm -hmm. tried to treat me like the five-year-old and mm -hmm. you don't need to know it's none of your business you know mm -hmm. it's mine and your mom's story yeah. Um, and he tried to play that role, like as if he'd done nothing and, and mm -hmm. he didn't have, you know, he didn't want to tell his side of the story and it's none of your business. It's just between me and your mom. And I'm like, well, no, it's not. It's an entire family. Like you, yeah. you walked out right. an entire family and he was like, no, yeah. that's none of your business. Um, whereas my mom was very open and yes, she was angry, but I used to remove, I was for 13, I was much older than I was. So I used to mm -hmm. remove her anger from what she was saying and look at it. And Ooh, she, wow, she that's powerful. Ultimately, like looking back, I see what I used to do because she really didn't believe she had the strength 
but she's the very person who taught me how to have my strength. So she doesn't think she, she had it, but she had it in spades. She just doesn't ever, she didn't think that she would, but I was the one that would stand next to her as my dad. We screamed at the phone abusing her for child support and you name it, he'd bring her an abuser for it. And I'd be the one hanging up on my dad. He thought it was my mother. So he placed a lot of blame on her, but he would try and play this person that was like, I don't, you know, it's only a business. And my mum, we've only, my mum and I've only recently really had this discussion because the thing was she buried everything to take care of us. My brother was 12. I was almost 14 and she buried it all. She just put it under the earth and went, I can't deal with this right now. I have two children to take care of. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. I just, I need to get over it. And I said to her, unfortunately, the problem now I said, is that you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So 15, 16 years later, you have to deal with it now. She's like, I know, like yeah. I, I feel it. And her healing is very different given the time span. And yeah, her healing has been forced by my healing. Like I always say that when someone close to you begins to heal, you will be forced at some point oh, to heal because sure. it's a flow effect. It's a consciousness yep. awakening. And so my mum then began like, well, divorce, very much like, that transgenerational healing. Too, yeah. And I healed, right? I began to heal a lot of um, stuff through the work that I do mm-hmm. because I'm I, in the work I do. I'm a big believer in I go first. I do it first. I've yep. done it. It fucking uh-huh. hurts. It's annoying. I didn't yeah. like it, but I, I loved it because yep. it began to open up a gateway of more conversation with my mom. And she began to unpack these things. And she was like, Oh my God, like, I didn't know I felt like this. Oh my God. I, I just, I, I just thought that it would, was gone. And I was like, well, it doesn't go anywhere. It can't go right. anywhere to release it. I was like, you've held on to dad for 16 years. I said, not out of love out of anger. Right. Like you don't love him. I said that part of you always will. I said, that's, that's normal. But I was like, it's not that you ever wanted him back. It's not that you ever wanted him back in your life. She's, I was like, but you're angry at him for what he did. I was like, mm-hmm. he, he did some terrible things. I said, and he will never take ownership of that. I said, you have to forgive him for that. And she looked at me and I was like, I'm sorry, but you have to forgive him. And you have to ask to say sorry too. You mm-hmm. have to say sorry to him for your, for whatever he needed to be in your life. And and this was a very triggering moment for me. And this probably was the catalyst of my biggest healing moment. So 16 years of, and I've been estranged from my father for 11 mm-hmm. of that 16 years. So I've only, like I haven't spoken to him in, in 11 years. And even the healing for my husband, the biggest catalyst for me, and the biggest trigger in my life happened in November. So six and a half years after my separation, 11 years after my dad and I didn't, I stopped talking someone said to me in a course I was studying, you have to say sorry. You have to say sorry. You don't have to say it to the person, but you need to apologize and ask forgiveness for the role they needed to play in your life, what you needed to learn. And the moment I heard it, I wanted to shut down. I was like, no, I'm never saying sorry to those two people. Mm -hmm. My dad is a narcissistic nut nut job. Like I would never say sorry to him. And, And I caught myself and I was like, I don't physically have to say sorry to him. I don't have to be in his presence to do that, but I can write a letter and I can put it away and I can release that from me because you will never release someone from your life until you can say sorry, you can forgive them and you can bless them in their life and move away from it. You will never let go. You'll never close that energy shutter. Like that, that energy connection will always be open until you can say, I'm sorry for who you had to be in my life because you know what? Not everybody is horrible. There are a few people in this world that are actually truly horrible people and they're here for a reason. But we, we all have a role to play in everyone's life. We're all going to be a villain in somebody's life. We need to apologize for the fact that that person had to be that in our life. 
And that wound ran deep. Like I was like, no, I was full force. Like, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not apologizing to this man that literally destroyed me. And then I sat there and I fought it because who wants to apologize to the person that hurt you? No one one wants to say, look, I'm sorry to them. And most people go, I'm not going to do that. Like they hurt me. Yes. They might've hurt you. Why are you still choosing to be hurt by it? Yeah, that's the Why are you still choosing to take every single thing that they say and do that's none of your business on? Mm-hmm. Yes, they hurt you. Yes, they were horrible to you. Yes, it was, it was mean. Yes, they might have cheated on you. Yes, they said some horrible things. What did you do in their life? How are they feeling at the same time? Mm-hmm. Apologize. You don't mm-hmm. have to physically apologize. Apologize in a letter if you don't physically want to have that conversation, but release it. Yeah. It takes a really big person to say it in person and maybe one day I will, but not yet. I don't have that ability. And that means opening a communication line that I'm just not prepared to have in my life because I know how destructive it is. Yes. But and I that's that the other letter. piece. Like that's there's a boundary piece there, right? Like yeah, you there have is to a know what your boundary. boundary like yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I yeah. It's sure. it's a but to write that letter was soul healing like yeah my soul finally went oh thank god i can go now like i can let it go i can release it right my heart finally just went ah oh, finally like i can lay to rest this feeling that sat inside of me and i no longer feel the need to have conversations about him we no longer discuss him he is not a a party conversation that happens like it used to be oh did you hear what your dad did oh did you hear about this cool yeah. i don't care and yet here we are discussing again all the things he's done in my life and destroyed me cool yeah and it would be constant like oh did you hear about this oh yeah. you know he did this to us cool i don't i don't care about the the 30 odd stories that you have about 30 years of life with him i'm not interested but now that i can actually see him be like you know what? i'm sorry that you had to be this person in my life that you had to teach me these lessons that you were here for me to learn this Mm-hmm. Because my soul chose this path, I can now see him for the person he is mm-hmm. and who he is and his struggle and the life path he chose. Mm-hmm. And as much as it's really sad, it's not my responsibility. And I did the same thing with my ex-husband. I finally can see him for where he's at now and with the woman that he's with and he's really happy and I'm really happy for them. And I was able to just be like, I'm really happy for you. Like, Mm-hmm. If I ran into him in the street, there would be nothing other than, hey, how are yeah. you? Yep. Doesn't happen overnight. I'm not, I would never suggest someone straight out of a relationship or a marriage breakdown be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. heal first. Like, right? heal everything first. This is the last piece. So right. the puzzle that think, feels like you're missing something. Yes. And I think it's so, so important what you're saying. Like, I'm thinking back to when I was first a single mom, and I think it's so important if you're a mom going through this to do the healing, right? Because think about how different your relationship would have been with your mom. Had she been able to release all of it and truly heal the right way from the beginning. And I know I, I certainly didn't. No, Um, hindsight's a really wonderful thing. Oh, perfect. And And if it means that one of the wonderful people that are listening to this, like if you're listening to this and you think, Oh my God, I can do this, do it. Yeah. Like don't think because this is the way it's always been done that we need to do it that way. We do right. not need to sit in hatred. We do not yeah. need to sit in the self-wallowing. 
but let yourself be there for a period of time. Sure. I always say like, you know, self-wallowing and self-pity and self-hatred and, and all those things and the negative feelings that we feel, it's where we naturally sit. It's where we want to sit by, by default. It's where we go. When things aren't going right, we love to wallow. Like that's just where we sit. And I always say like, you need to get yourself out of that as quick as possible. But at yeah. the same time, please give yourself the time you need there. Because right. that's when you will discover the feelings that need healing the most. And that's when you can truly explore. But I think I was going to say, I think when you're sitting there, you have to be very curious about it. Yes. Not just, and not what was me. Oh my so, God. Like, the right. world is over. Like I get so curious. frustrated with the single moms who have so, harbor so much hatred toward mm -hmm. their, I don't want, I hate the term baby daddy, but like their ex or their children's dad or whatever. Like they yeah. harbor so much hatred toward him. I, I don't really give two shits about my ex. Like I'm kind of where you're at. We're like, we're cordial with each other. His life is his life. He really doesn't yeah. impact me anymore. But never once did I ever want my children to see the anger inside, you know, like yeah. That is not for them. And I get so frustrated with the single parents who are so open about that hatred. And it's like their sole mission to like yeah. prove to the world that the divorce was justified because he's such an ass. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's that's not, not the reason. <laughs> it's, it's not your job to prove to the world how much of a dick he is. It is your no, job to parent your children, heal your own shit, and then bless and release him. Yeah. Exactly. And you can't do that if you continue to hold the hatred. You can't do that if you continue right. to like strangle everything you can because you want to give him the worst vibes ever. All you're right. doing is destroying yourself. Like ultimately that hatred and this will trigger so many people, but that hatred is the hatred you have for you. Right. It's the hatred inside of you. It's not that. him. No. It's not him. I can guarantee it. Like if you yeah. let it go, you would heal what's inside, but you hate something in you so much, you can't yep. acknowledge it. So you would rather project it and make the world see him because heaven forbid if the world right. saw something in you and they didn't like you anymore. Right. There's nothing or like, wrong with One you. thing that I did early on was like, instead of, that was how I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I projected my feelings of failure. That was what, you know, it wasn't necessarily a hatred of myself, but it was more like, so that I felt like less of a failure. Yep. I could just like, and I, I never did it in front of my kids, but like, like you said, it kind of becomes a party joke. Like you're hanging out with your girlfriends yeah. and it's all trash talk about the ex so that you can like prove that you're justified in it. And I'm not the failure. He was. Yeah. He didn't that, do this. And it's the list. Like you make a yeah. list and you go through the list every single time. He did this and he did this and he did yeah. this and he did this. And you go, well, hang on. And then at some point in that story, you'll go, yes. what didn't I do? And then you start to see the list and then you go, uh, and then they match. And then you go, yeah. hang on. Yeah. There was two of us. Right. And I have to uphold my responsibilities as well. Yeah. And as hard as it is, and as much as it hurts and as much as you don't want to admit that you fucked up too. Right. You have to, because the moment you do, you release because you're like, right. okay, I can own what I did and didn't do. And I can let go. But if you never take ownership for what you have done, mm -hmm. You will never, ever let it go. No. And it doesn't mean admitting that you failed. It just no, means, it like you mean said, failure. it's cleaning up your side of the street. Yeah, it is. And just it owning, totally like, is. And 
it's, it's not about being like, oh, well, I did all this wrong too. And oh my God, we could have worked out. No, you probably no. have worked out. Like don't, don't nope. suddenly go from, oh my God, but I did all this wrong too. And he did all this and together we failed. No, you no. wouldn't have worked because you probably were never actually meant to be. And right. that's okay because there is something more in this life for you. Your path picked this path. Yeah. Get back on your path and yeah. do the work inside because all you will find is that you forgot who you were and you weren't doing those things. Like I can look back at my marriage now and go, okay, well, yeah, I, I stopped caring for myself. Mm-hmm. I stopped paying attention to myself. Mm-hmm. I was too busy trying to run after him that I didn't actually give him the opportunity to do anything. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was so self-conscious and so lacking confidence in myself that he was constantly having to pour into me. But what was I pouring back into him? And I know a lot of people go, but you did this and this. Yes, I did. But I didn't do these. And Mm -hmm. these were pivotal. And if I had done them and he didn't do something, then that was on him. Right. But I know what I didn't do because no one here is ever perfect. And if you think you are, probably check that Um, because you're not, you're not perfect. Right. And you can't be, we're not, we don't ever reach perfection. I know I have clients go, but I did all this work. Shouldn't I just be perfect? No, 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 you're not going to be. There is never this point where you go, Oh, I'm done. I've reached perfection. If you reach perfection, you're probably dead. You're about to die. Right. (laughs) That's my, that's my honest belief. Like if you've reached perfection, you're right. probably about to die because that's the only time you're ever going to reach that perfect of anything. Yeah. Because then there's nothing to learn, is there? There's nothing to heal. There's nothing to grow from. There's nothing in this human experience that could help you. Right. Which means you're not growing. So you're dying. Right. And I think that that's a, just even a beautiful way to even think about like you cross paths with this person. You might not have been destined to be together forever but you cross paths so that you could go through whatever you went through so that you could grow. Right. And like, I think for you and I, what I'm hearing between the two of us is that for me, it was a way for me to heal childhood shit. Cause it was literally, I literally like repeated with, you know, like, and the thing is, if you do not learn, you will repeat your cycles until you learn them. If that's right? people, experiences, life, like depending on what you believe in life, you could repeat an entire life cycle the next right. life because you right. didn't learn. Because you didn't learn it. And I think that that's the beautiful part too, just to go back to this of like showing your children that healing because now I know, I, I'm sure that my children are going to have to heal from things that I can't even fathom. Like, I'm sure I've said things that they're going to have to heal from and that, you know, all of this shit with their dad, I'm sure they're going to have to, but I also know that we've got so much better open communication about that. Like, especially with my oldest, like my, my younger one's a little bit of a closed book, but like with my oldest, she's so open about it now. And she said to me, and I'll probably cry if I say this because it just warms my heart, but like, she looked at me one day and she goes, mom, watching you do the things you're doing. And this was like early in my coaching journey. She goes, but watching you do all of this and grow, she said, is teaching me how to do it now at 18 rather than when I'm your age. 
Like I told you, I yeah. Get like it just I was so beautiful, it's, right? It's so incredible to start a journey like this at yeah. eighteen, and right? know like, that by the time you're thirty, imagine where you'll be. And you know when we in October she moved out to move with her friends because she's eighteen, and so my youngest and I downsized and. You know, it's it's bumpy to go through life transitions. And she texted me one day just a few weeks ago and was like, because I was feeling just really down. I was like, are you like, is everything okay? And are you guys okay? And she goes, Mom, all of like the universe did this on purpose. And like just she started like spitting my lingo back at me. <laughs> I was like, Fuck, you're listening. Okay. <laughs> you know? Um, but so, you know, like for the moms listening, like to do this hard work, it sucks to have your babies watch you cry. They don't need to see all of the ugly, but they do need to see the healing. That they can cry. Yeah. Because the biggest thing we can ever do and the biggest, I don't want to call it a mistake, but the biggest error that you will ever make is not crying in front of your children. Yeah. And it will stop them having permission to cry. Yeah. It is one thing I realized, like if anyone, like people that know me personally, I have always said, I don't cry. I'm not a cry. I don't <laughs> cry. And when I think about my mum, I think I can count one hand the amount of times she's cried in front of me. Mm-hmm. And one of them was only recently. And she was on the, I was on the phone to her and she burst into tears. I didn't actually know what was happening. I was like, mom, like what's going on? <laughs> because she doesn't cry. Mm-hmm. I don't cry because, and I don't like, and it's not, uh, it's not something she did on purpose. It's not something she meant to have happen, but she just didn't cry in front of me. And at some point in my unconscious, I was like, it's not you okay to cry. cry. Yep. So I don't cry in front of people. Like I remember crying in front of my husband, I think like my Dave, my husband, mm-hmm. and he looked at me and he's like, you're crying. And I was like, I'm crying. I don't know what's going on. He's like, Oh my God. Like you don't cry. And I'm like, he's like, what do I do? And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> And it wasn't until I began my healing that I realized that I have permission to cry. Mm-hmm. Cry in front of your children. It's okay. Right. They, they're not going to be hurt because you're crying. They're going to go, oh, mom, you're crying. Yes, honey, I'm crying. It's okay. Yeah. Yep. They're going to come to you when yeah. they're not physically hurt but emotionally hurt and be able right. to cry. Right. And I've always cried in front of my mom. Like when it comes to my mom, it's probably the only person I'll, I'll ring in tears. But at some point it stopped. I didn't give myself permission to cry in front of other people mm-hmm. because I thought that was weak. It's not weak. It's no. not weak to cry. Like if you were emotionally in pain, it's no different to physical pain. Cry. Right. If crying is how you let it go, let it out. Right. Because the harder you then hold you can it, feel it. Exactly. The harder you hold it, that energy turns, like it transmits throughout your body. Right. And that's when the neurotransmitters in your body change. And you stop reacting with emotion and you start reacting with actions that don't even feel good. Right. And that's where habit comes from. Behaviors come from like, yep. you know, rather than crying, you go and eat your food. Like, yeah, I'd much rather cry than eat the pint of ice cream. Yeah. Personally. Right. Like, or it's, you know, it's those those behaviors that don't feel good happen because you're suppressing the emotion. Because you're numbing, right? And I don't, yeah. it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol or chemicals. It can be, like you said, it can be eating, it can be anything, but you're numbing. People use it because exercise you'd... to avoid. Like, yeah. We, we do things to avoid it. People use partying, people use sex, people use drugs, people use alcohol, we use food, we use anything that becomes a constant go to shopping. 
Like I was a hyper cleaner. Wow, I cleaned. See? I I cleaned and organized. I'm like my friends used to tease me because they were like, "You've got fucking color coded organized lists of your other color coordinated lists." Because that, I, and it, it wasn't far from the truth. Because that was how I kept order, order control inside. Right, I kept control in here. Not really, but yeah. you know, I thought I was keeping control yeah. because I was keeping control of the outside. The emotional so that, becomes out of control. So right. You control external to keep yes. something in control. Because when we feel out of control, we will turn to something we can control rather than letting it unfold. Correct. Um, Correct. And I, I knew that if I let it go, it was just going to explode. Yep. Right? I was a self confessed control freak. I controlled yeah. everything. Every yeah. area of my life was controlled by me yep. so that I didn't have to deal with anything out of control. Correct. And so when I met my husband now, he doesn't do anything that I like. And he like, I controlled him because I was like, dude, you're out of control. He's like, I'm just living my life. I'm like, no, I'm going to put yeah. you in this box and yeah. you'll stay in this box. He's like, but I don't like this box. Yeah. Get back in your box. And he's like, he's like, you're controlling everything down to our sex life. Yeah because I need to, yeah. it's got to be on my terms because if right. I don't, what could happen and what will happen to my life? And oh my God, it'll explode. Except the only thing that wasn't exploding was my emotions. That needed to, right? Everything that needed yeah, to. Yeah. And then they yeah. would come out. Like it would be like a compression. Like right. a, and then yeah. he'd be like, what is wrong with you? Like something's, right. I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like right. I got it. It just happens sometimes. That's yeah. not normal. Just happens sometimes. It's not normal. No. That's not how our emotions are supposed to happen. It happens because it's trying to get out and it's leaking out. Yeah. And if you would just yeah. let it out, face Let it. it out when it comes. And if you're not in a place where you can, all you have to do is say to yourself, like, not right now, but when I get home, let's do yeah. it. That is, give yourself permission to walk away from something. If you are at the shops and you need to cry, like, <laughs> you just need to tell yourself. Sometimes it's just a matter of being like, I know that you're feeling like this. It's okay. But right now I can't, but we'll be able to later. And when you yeah. give yourself that permission, you'll just go, oh, okay. And either that moment will pass and you'll be yeah. fine. You won't need it. Or you'll come home have permission in that conversation with yourself. Like I think the, the biggest thing we've forgotten to do is have conversations with ourselves. We've conversations yeah. with everybody else in the world. We don't have conversations with ourselves. We don't ask ourselves the question, are you okay? What's going on? How are you feeling? If you're uncomfortable, why are you uncomfortable? Why aren't you mm -hmm. asking yourself and being curious about that uncomfortable feeling? If that weight on your chest, like we talk about anxiety and we talk about the reasons we have anxiety, but we don't talk about talking to it. Like that weight on your chest that you feel, have you actually asked yourself what it is or have you just tried to ignore it? Mm -hmm. And then feel like you're choking. Like, have you actually said, okay, I have a weight on my chest. I feel like something's pressing on me. Like, mm -hmm. why? What is it? I don't know. That's okay. Write it down. I don't know why. Okay. Listen, you will get something. Someone will be like, oh, I feel like this because of this reason. Mm -hmm. But if you're not curious about it, mm -hmm. you can't answer the question. And we suppress it instead. And then that weight becomes heavier and heavier and heavier. And all of a sudden we feel like there's an elephant sitting on our chest. And then people go, I don't know why. Did you ask why? No. Why would I talk to myself? Well, why aren't you talking to yourself? Why aren't right. you having a conversation in a journal out loud? Yeah, however it may it be, do it. Like have that conversation. Cause the moment that you have that realization, you go, Oh, 
because we already have everything inside of us. I think the biggest thing in our healing journey is it's already all inside us, but we think we have to go externally to find it. Mm-hmm. And so we look towards every single person in the world to help us. And whilst, you know, I'm a coach and mm-hmm. I love what I do and I advocate for why I am what I am. Right. We already have it inside of us. My job is not to give you the answer. Exactly. My job is to guide you. Right. My job is here to stand with you and be like, I'm going to just ask the questions that you're scared to ask. Yeah. And all I'm going to do is speed up your process. It was just going to say, it, sometimes you just need that person to do the journey with you. Yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, it's, it's all in here. It's all. Yeah. I'm helping. Like, it's about returning home. Like, we've forgotten how to come home to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so healing doesn't happen because we remove and put into something external and then look externally to the world for our answer. Mm-hmm. But our answer's in the box that we just buried, not inside us. Right. You know, we, we go, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't have a heart. You know, you crushed it. Like, I could never put it back together. It's never going to be the same. You know what? I've said all those things. Like I once said to my husband, I can't give you all of my heart because I don't have it. (laughs) I was like, ah, that's the stupidest thing I've ever said. And I was like, I can't put it all back together because I don't have all the pieces and people have ruined it. Like I've said it all. Like ultimately, if I decide that my heart is all in me and I get to give it to whoever I want, all of it or not of it, that's my community. Right. I have my own heart. Like it's mine. I don't have to give it to anybody. Right. You get to decide who holds real estate in there. And yeah. Ultimately you get to hold, you know, that's your decision on who's the real estate in your head, the real estate in your heart, the real estate yep. in your energy. Like if you don't want people in your energy, remove them. Right. They heal yourself first. Like don't, you know, like it. you're saying, don't stuff it. Heal it. Yeah, Bless heal it. Remove, yeah, like close that energy field. Heal yeah. what needs to be healed. Let it go. But we can't let it go if we're going to control how we let it go. Yeah, that's another whole episode. We can talk about <laughs> <laughs> but that, <laughs> that yeah. healing begins when yeah. we actually put everything back inside of us and realize yeah. what's meant to be in us. And mm-hmm. we actually begin to sort it. And that can be done. And it's no, it's not easy. You can decide it's easy. It doesn't make it easy. It will be painful. It will be messy. But that doesn't mean that you can't do it. Right. And, you know, divorce is, a, is an entire healing package on its own. Yes. But don't just suppress it because you feel like you can't talk about it. Right. And, and I know it's hard to find support groups that talk about divorce. Like... Um, in a constructive way. Yeah, not in because, a let's bash our ex-partners. Yes, because I, you know, there's 8,000 Facebook groups and it's all about bashing the baby daddy and this, that, and the other. And yeah. it's like, that's not constructive. That fuels all of that external, like all you're doing is externally validating negative, yeah. thought, negative patterns. Yeah. Right. Find the groups but, that are going to support you. Yeah. Um, I used, it's funny because I used to actually have a divorce support group, but I don't have one anymore. But, um, find those groups that are going to actually give you processes that are going to help you and then reach out to those people that run those groups and talk to them because Mm -hmm. they will want to help you. You don't have to take their courses. You don't have to take their one-on-one coaching, Mm -hmm. be in their space because they've done it. You know, I've done it. I I know how to walk through with someone else that's in it. And 
as do you like you know get into you know if you're listening to this like get into curry's energy get like sit around her like read read the post watch the lives like those things will help you begin Mm -hmm. and then talk to her like if you're not talking to someone you're not processing anything you're literally just sitting in your own thing but you have it all inside of you you can do it without anyone but having someone is what actually truly does help you begin yes yes in a roundabout way yes yes for sure all right dear let's go ahead final thoughts before we go because that was beautiful so we can just end it there but any final thoughts that you have before we wrap this up we're taking the stigma off the d word (laughs) yes divorce is not a disease like i'm a huge believer in it's not a disease you can't catch it just because you (laughs) went through one doesn't mean you go through 10 no i will say this though really quick now that we don't i don't want to go on a huge another tangent but if you don't heal it properly you will continue continue to to have failed relationships because i got into a second relationship that lasted for almost longer than my first marriage and guess what? I hadn't healed and healed. it healing didn't work out. Healing is the out. most important thing you'll ever do. Yeah. Like yeah. heal it. Don't just, don't run to the next relationship and try to fill the space. That, that really is yeah. my final, my final thing. Like, please heal yeah. the relationship, heal the pain, heal the breakdown. Do not run to the next man, jump in the next relationship, hoping that he will feel it and he will fix it because he won't. He will fall short every single time. He could be the most perfect person in the world. He will fall short because you haven't done it. I met my husband two and a half months after my separation. He failed. He failed every single thing. (laughs) Like if he didn't feel anything like I thought he would. And it's only that I am genuinely extremely lucky with the man that I got to be with. Um, But I had to do the work myself. Right. And then really accept him in my life. Yeah. So don't do that. Beautiful. That's a bad idea. Well, and honestly, the rarity that you're going to find someone who's willing to go through that part of the work with you is minimal. It is minimal. So it's very minimal. I'm not really sure. Do the work and then go find the the work first. Like do the work, heal, be who you want to be. Yeah. Then open up to someone else in your life because it's not going to fix it. Someone else will not fix it. Well, and because if you go into it before you've healed, you're not going into it as your authentic self. You haven't come home to yourself. And so as you're transforming, they may not want to be a part of who you actually are. You're not showing them your whole hand, so to speak, you know? Exactly. And I think we only do it out of codependency. We only do Mm -hmm. it out of need. And if there's one message I've repeated my entire life, it has been learn how to be alone. Yeah. Learn but how truly, to be alone. Not, not alone and sad and yeah. Grumbly learn how about to be it. happy. Like uh, yeah. learn what it means to be happy alone. Like not alone, but alone. Yeah. Be on your own. Learn mm-hmm. what it means to go on a date. Learn what it means to, you know, watch movies and and take yourself out date yourself essentially date Date yourself for a period of time so you understand your needs your wants and your desires Mm -hmm. and you can sit with them and be happy with them and be comfortable right exactly the moment you find that happiness in you 
you're good to go. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, my dear. Do you have anything coming up that people need to watch for? Um, that you want to question. share yet? I don't know. Maybe you don't want to share yet, but where can uh, people find have, you? I don't have anything coming up yet, although I did release two weeks ago. Um, I have one-on-one -on -one intensives at the moment uh, called Awakening the Feminine, the Divine Feminine Within. Um, yeah. So they're one-off sessions. So it's about learning who your who you currently are dominant in in your archetypes of your feminine and how yeah. to awaken the others. Um, and it's like a one on one. We deep dive with each other, and I like we go through some visualizations and some like activities and things so that you can actually really begin to feel within. Beautiful. So I, have I have my one on one coaching, which I have a few spots left in a Queen Rising. It's a 90 day oh i forgot 90 day <laughs> program um really about healing all your healing beginning to heal your wounds and really actually learning how to step into your divine feminine and all that she is yeah. uh, which is really powerful um it's a journey that i have taken in the last 12 months so i'm going to take you through it in 90 days and uh you can find me on a number of number number of platforms <laughs> Speech. Speech has got me. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, uh, emily.c.turner. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Emily Turner, or you can find my group, which has re revamped, relaunched. Yes, it's it's beautiful. Be place to be Raw yes. Queens. So if yes. you search Raw Queens on Facebook, you'll find me in there. Um, that group is like literally going to blast off soon. So I am so excited to watch the transformation of that because that's a piece. I went through some coaching with Olivia. I did one of her programs, Olivia Celine, yeah. um, who kind of triggered some of that. I've gotten a little bit away from that piece just because I've been focusing on some other things, but I'm so excited to be in your group because I want to reconnect with that piece of me because it's so, so, so important. So vital, I think, yeah. personally. Like I've definitely, yeah. it's been a journey for myself and it's a journey I know is going to be fucking incredible for everyone else. Yes. Thank you, dear, for being back. This was amazing. I love just chatting with you because your energy is so freaking incredible. Oh, I love chatting with you too. Thank you so much awesome. for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard and you're feeling compelled, I would be so honored if you would leave a five-star rating and share this episode. If you share it on social media, you can tag me at Kari Heard. I am sending you all the love and good vibes, and I will see you in the next episode.